This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, October 28th. Wherever and however you've chosen to connect, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a D-list celebrity from last night's Trunk or Treat celebration, Jerem Jordan. I was just happy to be on the list, man. Uh, last night, there was a Trunk or Treat between the Smithfield House and the Student Athlete Building. I don't know how many people went, but I know that there were tens of thousands of dollars of candy there. Yep. That's a f- scientific fact. And that people waited 90 minutes to enter it. It went from 6.30 to like... 9.30. It was amazing. The show, the turnout and the showing from Cougar Nation was fun. Our guy at Inked Coog and Fam showed up, which was really fun. Took a picture. He tweeted it. I know BYU Photo was there and others. We dressed as refs. I was a WCC ref. I was calling a ton of charges. Yep. And then you were a Pac-12 ref. Yep. And I had my sunglasses on and my walking stick. Yep. <laughs> yep. It is what it is, man. <laughs> Only one more game with those clowns. But, yeah, ton of fun last night. It was great. It was so fun. Just great to see everybody. I would say the most popular costume was probably, like, Captain America, maybe Iron Man. There was a lot of Avengers going on. Winter, shout out to the Winter Soldier. It was this one little girl who was getting misidentified from everybody. And she and was, was distraught. She was very distraught. Um, of course, the women's soccer team showed up. They were, like, notorious. Jaron Hall was there. It was awesome. And fam, which is great. <laughs> women's volleyball, always bringing it. Like, and men's volleyball, just... It was great. It was great. Really fun experience. I cannot believe how long the line was. <laughs> well, part of the reason it took a minute is because Kalani Sataki went out there and basically like took pictures with them. Taking everybody. pictures with everybody <laughs> as he moves back through the line. And so yeah. there were these unexpected gaps. Like, why is the line not continuous? Yes. Kalani's taking pictures. Yes. And there was someone there who would look really good in Cougar Blue. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> Indeed. Mm-hmm. Indeed. I, I cannot as, say that's more. That's about as far as we can go I with that I cannot statement. say more. I don't want Chad Gwilym, don't call me. It was great to see everyone, even though I was the blind Pac-12 referee and Jerem was calling Great to charges. hear everyone in your case. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know what the approximate number was for uh, how much money was Let's spent just, on candy, but Oh, no, I know the number. Insane. I know the number. I Yeah. Can we reveal the number? That's no, the question. No. Tens of thousands <laughs> of dollars. It was amazing. It was awesome. <laughs> the whistles... Uh, more than this internship is paying. We're active last night, Jeremy <laughs> Jordan specifically. You caught a lot of touchdowns. What? I think I scared some kids. They were like, am I in trouble? And one kid scared <laughs> you, too. Oh, that, who? Yeah, what character was that? I want to say that she was from The Ring or something like oh, that. Oh, I think so, yeah. Right? Yes, she was very, very creepy um, and would just stare at me like this and then walk at me. We're gonna we gonna take a single. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jerem was noticeably no, not, uncomfortable okay. during this. Just. <laughs> not even your whistle and your we're WCC referee literally smack we're done her and away. I'm trying to walk away and she's just staring at me. <laughs> oh, good times! Happy Halloween, everyone! Oh, I hate that part of Halloween. It's Jerem's. I'm not a huge. Favorite I'm not a huge fan of Halloween, but last night was fun. There we go. <laughs> Let's hope the whistles and that look. Stay relatively quiet during Saturday night's anticipated football showdown for BYU with Virginia. You going to get over into frame? (laughs) 
Yes, keep keep the whistles quiet. If that game turns into a shootout, mm. which it very well could, yeah. can the Cougars find a way against that opponent to outlast things and come away with a victory on their home field? ESPN's Beth Moens will join us to preview that and the return of Bronco Mendenhall plus Jerem Jordan goes one-on-one with a fantastic rising Still rising star for BYU women's basketball, Shaylee Gonzalez. Oh, she's a star. BYU Sports Nation headlines. Number 25, BYU and Virginia, both 6-2, and two, face off Saturday night on Hollow's Eve. Uh, Bronco Mendenhall's comeback. I don't know if you heard that. Bunch of assistant coaches and staffers. Yep. Virginia's offense is vaunted, but linebacker Pepe Tanuvas says the defense is prepping hard. Their, their offense is, is really effective. You know, we'll, I, uh, I don't remember the stats they put up last week, but it, it was a, a, an insane number of yards. And so, you know, we're just we're looking for little things on film that we can and key in on uh, for the game. But, you know, we're just going to we, we know that what we need to do in order to to get the offense, the ball and to get them in, in scoring position. And that's, you know, our job as a defense. Pepe was 636. It was a lot of yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, pre-game coverage begins on BYU Radio 8 Eastern. BYU TV's countdown to kickoff, 9 Eastern. BYU women's volleyball as a heavy favorite will host USF tonight, 7 p.m. local time in the Smithfield House. That's 9 Eastern for our friends on the East Coast. Last time BYU and San Francisco played October 2nd, the Cougars not surprisingly swept that match. BYU currently number seven in the latest ABCA coaches poll. Of course, first in the West Coast Conference after dominating San Diego not too long ago. Jerem Jordan, Amy Gant on the call for BYU TV. Tonight is the women's basketball blue and white scrimmage, seven local time in the Marriott Center. Cougars are the preseason pick to win the West Coast Conference after going to the NCAA tournament and winning a game. Most of the team's back, some fun additions, including Sarah Hampson's sister, Heather. She's short in the family. She's 6'3". And Alex Barcelo's sister, Amanda. Chat with superstars. You mentioned Shaylee Gonzalez later in the program. Eric Mika scored six points, had three rebounds and four assists in a 12-point loss for his team across the pond. He's averaging almost 11 points and four rebounds per game. Good luck to Eric as he continues on with his season. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by Tim Daly Nissan, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Are we preparing for a Saturday night shootout between Virginia and BYU. Jerem, how confident are you that BYU can outlast Virginia if this game does indeed become a shootout? It's an interesting question. Um, Let's talk about it. So BYU against Power Fives not named Arizona. They're so bad, I'm not even going to include them in this conversation, okay? They lost to an FCS team. I'm sorry. Arizona's terrible. But they still count. The (laughs) <laughs> they don't in my stat. Okay. Versus Power Five is not named Arizona. 24 and a half points a game. Okay. In in three of those four, it was enough to win because the defense is giving up 22.8 points per game against Power Fives not named Arizona. The defense has been really good. In fact, in in you know the four wins, let's include Arizona in this one. 16 to 19 points allowed. Yep. That will be enough to win. That ain't happening Saturday. I don't see any way BYU holds Virginia sub 20. Question is, can BYU hold Virginia sub 30? I think the BYU football team needs to score 30 plus on Saturday to have a chance to win this thing, and they'd have a good chance to win this thing. I think the BYU defense has been underrated. I think the complaints against the defense are unmerited. Uh, yes, yards, blah, blah, blah. BYU's given up 500 plus yards one time this year to Baylor. One time. 
Baylor is not Virginia. Baylor's not Virginia, and Virginia's not Baylor, right? I I think that Virginia has an amazing offense. I think they've got some some incredible skill position players, of course, highlighted by Brennan Armstrong. And then wide receiver uh, Dontavion Wicks is one of the top receivers in the country, top 10 in all the categories that matter. Like, there are some real challenges for the BYU defense this week. But I think that they're going to play well. But the BYU offense has really got to show up, though. Because the issue with Baylor was keeping up, okay? My, I don't think Virginia's going to run the ball like Baylor ran the ball, 303 yards. That's going to be a difference. And guess what? Virginia's given up 200-plus on the ground. Tyler Algier's, like, excited to give this dude another 32 carries, if needs be. Keep Brandon Armstrong off the field, obviously. Turnover margin matters. BYU has not won a game yet in which it hasn't won it. So I think BYU needs to win it, obviously. But um, the BYU defense has got to got to show up. But to me, the offense has got to do something it hasn't really hasn't really done yet, which is like go crazy. Um, I don't know if BYU needs to score forty or fifty, but maybe I don't know if it's Toledo twenty sixteen. Like it might be one of those nights. But y- you got to imagine that Bronco Mendenhall and company certainly have interesting feelings going into this game, right? Robert and I wanted to be the successor and the head coach. He didn't get the gig. I'd imagine there's some negative feelings there. I'm glad you brought up turnover margin because it is kind of lost in the storylines of Virginia's high-flying offense. BYU's really stout defense. There are stars on both sides of the ball. Kalani Satake, at home, when he has won the turnover margin, is unbeaten as a head coach at BYU. That's pretty incredible. BYU goes one-plus. And they win the turnover margin. Sorry, when they have not turned the ball over at all. Okay. So oh, when they haven't turned it over. So when BYU has not turned the ball over at home. If it's going to be a shootout, BYU will turn it over. Because there's you have to take risks in a shootout. You're so, not like conservative in your approach. So perhaps that leads us to our answer. Yeah. If, if BYU is unbeaten when they don't turn the ball over, maybe they absolutely do not want to get into a shut, shootout with Virginia. I mean, so that's the, contingent on the defense. Yeah. The Cavaliers average more points per game, 37 then BYU has put up in any individual game this year. BYU season high is 35. I want to bring this up, too. Uh, sorry, no, you 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 say your side and then I'll have it. Okay, yeah. so, but BYU's defense has done a nice job against some formidable offenses this season. Let's, let's isolate on Arizona State. We think that's the best offense that BYU has faced all year other than Baylor, correct? Yeah. Okay, other than Baylor, yeah. the best offense BYU has faced. The Sun Devils scored 17 points against BYU. They averaged 31 on the season. If this game goes north of 37, advantage Virginia. But I don't think it will. BYU's drop eight scheme has shown me enough in the previous eight games that I don't think they will give up multiple explosive plays to Virginia. And those explosive plays are what Virginia has thrived on. They lead the country in plays of 30-plus yards. Mm. And it's not close. They have been so good in explosive plays. But BYU's defensive scheme, while boring and frustrating and it doesn't produce a lot of sacks – is built to not give up explosive plays. Yeah, that works. So what happens there? Again, Virginia, while they have been so good in big plays, it feels like there's going to be a statistical compromise here somewhere where Virginia is not going to score 37 against BYU, but BYU is not going to hold Virginia to under 20 points. And so I'm with you, in and I've been, saying, I've been saying it all week. The first to 30 will win this the game. The first to 30. The first team to 30 Just points. Just don't trail by 21. Like we've seen historically with Virginia. You brought up 30-plus. So BYU's 20th in the country in yards, 30-plus 
yard plays allowed. Yeah. Only 10. Very few. Very so, few given so up. So BYU can mitigate that and make Virginia march. Maybe they turn it over. Maybe there is a sack. I don't know. Does Virginia and Brennan Armstrong get impatient by nature because they're so used to those big plays where yes. it's like, ah, can we can we be methodical? T- two st- so boring. Yes. Two stats that I want to drop. One, Virginia hasn't beaten a ranked opponent on the road in 10 years. Okay. BYU's 25th road. Um, uh, three, 10 15 start Eastern time to the body clock. That's late. Eastern time late. zone, okay. Uh, coming who knows? west, that's tough. Two who time knows zones how, is tough. How, like, how much of an impact that particular one would be. But then the other one is this Virginia has played one ranked team this year, number 21, North Carolina, and gave up 59. Can BYU get into the high 30s, the 40s, and be comfortable given those things? Certainly, there are advantages for BYU. I am intimidated by. The Virginia offense, they're good, man. Like, I'm not feeling like going into the Baylor game, which early in that week I was like, I'm not feeling great about this week. It didn't turn out well. I'm not feeling that way with this one. But I could see where the BYU offense has got to do what it didn't do against Baylor, which is keep up. Yet, the defense has been better than we think this year. So both sides need to show up in this one. Ryan Rico, punt, Jake, uh, well, do your thing. Jake Goldroyd. Get back into that space where you were money. Three right? for he's, his last six. He's missed a couple, right, which is troubling. But get back in this space because guess what? Points matter in this. Let's go. And you're talking go. about ranked at the time of the game with North Carolina, yes. right? Because yes. Wake Forest is now number 13. Yes. Wake they're Forest legit, is legit. They held Virginia great to 17. Offense. Yes. Like that's a, There's a reason they're ranked that's 13. That's BYU's yes. Baylor game. Okay? Virginia's yes. Wake Forest game is BYU's yes. Baylor game. The outlier. My, the, and then the last, four, the last four wins have come against teams with losing records. So BYU is a different team than what Virginia has been playing. Our question of the day, how confident are you that BYU can beat Virginia if the game is an offensive shootout? Let's hear from you and go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. This response in from at Borgatier. We learned that because... We Borg- met him last night. We, <laughs> we met him last It's night. not Borscht Tire. Which we've been saying for like eight years. Yes, it's Borgatier. <laughs> so thank you for the clarification in person of the trunk or tree. If we are mispronouncing your name Tell on us. the show and you're a regular, let us know. Twitter we handles seek are tough. to be correct. Social media handles for that matter. Yeah. All right. Borgatier says, I like Jaron Hall over Brennan Armstrong. Okay. Algier over Virginia's running backs. That one for sure. Romney and Puka over their wide receivers. That's, Don't know if well, Romney's going to play. Right. Uh, and their receivers pretty good. Real, their receivers are really good. Yeah, no, no, no. BYU's are good too. And definitely like a rod over an eye. Well, listen. Uh, in a couple of those categories, the stats say otherwise. But it's not all about stats, and it's going to be about individual matchups. It's really interesting. Like if you go on purely stats, only Tyler Algier is winning that battle. But it's not only about stats. Borgatier ends the tweet saying, "After all those reasonings." I'll say yes. Yeah. BYU can outlast Virginia in a shootout. Hashtag BYUSN if you want to join that conversation. You know who's more comfortable in a shootout? Definitely Virginia. Yes. <laughs> BYU would be like, what is this? Coming up, is Cosmo nothing more than a house cat? Who, who did this? What? And ESPN's play-by-play specialist Beth Mowens joins the program. What's the matchup that she's watching that she feels like could determine the outcome of the game? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
Seventh ranked in 19 and 1 BYU women's volleyball host San Francisco. Still looking for the Don's first win this season. Tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside Jerem Jordan. Let's welcome in our first guest of the day. She is a longtime ESPN play-by-play specialist. Beth Mowens returns to the program. Beth. We're happy to have you back on the call for Virginia and BYU, and we're ready to give you all the positive ammo you need for the Cougars. <laughs> well, we certainly had a good time uh, and uh, some good drama in that USF game that we were there for earlier this season. So um, excited to see uh, how the Cougars are responding after a couple of losses and and then a nice win over uh, Washington State. And, and certainly for Virginia, still uh, a lot at stake for the Cavs. You know, they – they play a couple of non-conference, and then uh, they're hoping that somebody can knock off Pittsburgh and, and make their pit game uh, possibly for the division and a shot at the ACC championship game. A compelling matchup to the core for sure. Bronco Mendenhall makes his return to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Wait, what? After six years away when he took the job oh, that, at Virginia. Is that a story? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. How do you and uh, your ESPN crew plan to handle the Bronco Mendenhall returning to Provo storyline? You know, my, my guess is uh, when we come on the air, you know, we usually have the team run outs and things like that and probably some shots of Bronco around the stadium, um, you know, saying hello to some folks and, and uh, back in a, in a place where he was real successful. And, and then I, I think, you know, once the game gets going, it's, uh, you know, the story really, I think, from the Virginia perspective is, is all about some respect. Uh, they're, they're not getting much respect from the voters in the polls. Uh, Brennan Armstrong, one of the uh, best-named college football players out there, uh, really isn't getting a whole lot of hype about the Heisman. When you look at his numbers, he actually has numbers that are very comparable to the other quarterbacks being mentioned. So I I think they're looking for some national respect. It's been a decade since uh, they have beaten a ranked team on the road. And and for BYU, you know, guys, I got to believe that, um, you know, the quest now is to get to that 10-win mark and uh, with, with all the chaos around college football, see if that gets them back maybe into the conversation uh, for, a, for a big-time bowl and, and, uh, and a shot at uh, you know, maybe beating USC for that Pac-12 championship at the end of the year. <laughs> We're excited about that, and we've had some fun with that, obviously. In the past, it was, hey, BYU's not a Power 5. We're peanut butter and jealous of the situation now. It's, no, 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 BYU's going to the Big 12. This is preparation for that, which, Beth, I have felt, really impressed by BYU's ability to play more Power Fives and win those games this year. BYU's preparing for a Power Five invite. And, you know, it's two years away, but seven Power Fives, BYU's already played five. They're four and one. This is the sixth. Obviously, there's a lot going into this. What have you thought of BYU's season thus far through eight games? Well, you know, I I think that's kind of uh, one of the ironic things about Bronco coming back, too. You know, he left to go to Power Five for a shot at some of these bigger moments and uh, now BYU is ready to make that move to the Big 12 and all, all that kind of conversation that we can have on Saturday night. Um, and the irony of BYU becoming independent, well, now that opens up a lot more dates, you know, in, in recent years to play some of these Power 5 teams who are willing to come out to the idyllic setting um, along the Wasatch and play in one of the great venues in college football and and take their chances on the road against BYU. They have all these power five opponents on their schedule. So I, I, I think it's been a lot of fun to see how they match up, you know, talk all over the years about how they would match up in these kinds of situations. And obviously this year 
they've aced every exam that they've taken, including that big win, I think, over Utah, which will stand the test of, of time throughout the course of the season. I, I, I think it's been a lot of fun to watch Algier run the football. I think it's been a lot of fun, you know, to see the uh, continued maturation and different guys stepping up at the wide receiver spot year after year now in, in recent seasons. So I, I'm really looking forward to how they respond. I, I think two losses and you sort of lose that conversation of whether they can be right there with Cincinnati and try and snatch a playoff at the end of the season. So how do they respond, you know, the, uh, the rest of the way here with maybe that 10 win carrot um, still out there at, at the end of the season is something that they're pursuing. Beth Mowens of ESPN is with us on BYU Sports Nation. She will call Virginia at BYU on Saturday night, 10, 15 p.m. Eastern. Beth, this is an interesting contrast of styles, especially on offense for Virginia and BYU. We've noted the Cavaliers throw the ball all over the field with Brennan Armstrong. They score very quickly. BYU has kind of grinded out games. In fact, they're averaging just over 24 points a game against the five Power 5 opponents. So what type of game do you anticipate is going to take place in Provo? Is it going to be pro-BYU, slow it down, more physical? Or do you feel like we're going to get into a shootout? How often have you mentioned that phrase, slow it down, BYU football? Um, (laughs) It's the it's the opponent that's going to come in, throwing it all over the yard. I I think it will probably be a lot of control the clock, Tyler Algier, and then take your shots. You know, I I still think um, that that is part of the BYU DNA, right? We've got, um, you know, to pick and choose our moments to throw the football may have to score with a team that's averaging 37 points per game. But I think initially it is, you know, run the football, control the clock, keep their offense on the sideline. And, you know, as, as you take a look at the stats and watch film on, on Virginia, um, you know, again, another irony of a Bronco Mendenhall team that really the defense is not the strength of this unit. They have been very susceptible to big plays, both running and passing. So I think that's something that BYU definitely is going to have in the game plan here. Hey, let's, Let's run the football, see if we can gash him a time or two on the ground, and then open things up for our passing game. Should be interesting, too, because we're talking about the offenses, but BYU defensively in, four, in the four Power 5 wins of the five, Baylor the exception, 38 points allowed, BYU has allowed exactly 16 to 19 points. And I don't <laughs> see that happening yeah. on Saturday against Virginia. So I, I feel like BYU is going to have to get into the 30s to be able to win this. And Jaron Hall – explored a little more of the run game with those injured ribs. It wasn't quite what we have seen against Utah and Arizona State. So what do you think of Jaron Hall's play and maybe what he needs to do Saturday to sort of match Brendan Armstrong? Yeah, so when we were in town for USF, of course, we didn't get a chance to see Jaron. It it was Baylor Romney at quarterback, that uh, terrific touchdown pass he had to his brother Gunner. Um, We're hoping to see uh, Gunner as well, just from a, a fan standpoint for the rest of the country. But, you know, I, I, I really um, think that Jaron is, is doing some good things. And th- this is a much bigger test for um, Virginia. You know, they, they have wins over four teams with losing records. They have a win over an FCS opponent. So I, I don't know, uh, outside of Wake Forest and North Carolina, there's two awfully good quarterbacks in Sam Hartman and Sam Howell. So Jaron, I think, would have to, you know, have those type of games that the two Sams had um, and I think he's quite capable of that against a Virginia defense that has been susceptible to some big plays. So hopefully he's 100 um, percent 
uh, good to go. Again, from a fan standpoint, we, we like to see guys at the top of their game. And I think there will be opportunities both through the air and with uh, uh, his legs for Jaron to, to make some big plays. Beth, it's worth noting that when you called that USF game, BYU put up a season-high 35 points. So naturally, you're bringing mm-hmm. back the good mojo for the Cougars on offense, right? <laughs> I, I don't know if I have mojo to go, but I, I like <laughs> to think that um, uh, we we have uh, had a flair for the dramatic, myself and Kirk Morrison and, and Don Davenport. We've had some really entertaining uh, games and, and some uh, opportunities to do some nail-biting in the fourth quarter for fan bases. <laughs> And it's interesting because Virginia's had the same thing, Beth. They've lost two or yeah. won two games where Miami and Louisville missed field goals that they probably should have made. Otherwise, Virginia's sitting here at four and four, and maybe the narrative is a little different. Instead, it's two six and two teams trying to prove something and finish the season on a high note. And obviously the Bronco, and it's not just Bronco, it's like eight or nine other dudes on the staff, right? That we're all familiar yeah. with and love coming back to Provo. This is rich in storyline. Yeah, and I believe Lavelle's grandson, right? Matt is yes. is with the Virginia staff. So um, even, even a little bit of family involved, which I, I think is a great backdrop. You know, I was reading some stuff uh, locally there in Provo, and, and uh, the, the reception should be a good one for Bronco, at least initially and until uh, kickoff. And, and then it's an opponent over there on the other sideline. So um, always, I, I think, you know, on the coach more so than the players, um, what kind of emotions you have when you go back to a place where you've had tremendous success. I think Bronco only knows a couple of the guys that he recruited um, on the BYU side before they headed off on their mission. So uh, I think for the players, it's, it's all about on the field. It's BYU a shot at another power five win, keep that train rolling, um, you know, with a couple of, uh, of opponents that they should be able to beat in the, in the next coming weeks in Virginia, just a massive moment for their entire program with Notre Dame and Pittsburgh, you know, the next two on the schedule, I I think it's really going to be about the football. Maybe Bronco's a little emotional when he walks back out on that field initially. And then it's, uh, and then it's down to business. ESPN play-by-play specialist, Beth Mowens is with us on BYU sports nation. If you had to pick a matchup battle from one position group to the next, that intrigues you the most, what is it going to be for this game between Virginia and BYU? You know, I I think uh, probably looking at at things statistically, this is a very good Virginia um, offensive line, very experienced, but they've they've given up sacks, obviously, with a team that throws the ball a lot. And BYU has not been able to muster the sacks in the last couple of games. So I'm going to put it on the offensive line for Virginia and the defensive line for BYU, the Cougars, I think, have to get creative with how they can get some pressure on the on the left-hander, Brennan Armstrong, and make things um, much more difficult for him to find his receivers downfield. Beth, we appreciate the time as always. It's great to catch up with you, and we look forward to your call on Saturday night. Go find that mojo with you and Kirk. Bring, bring the high scoring <laughs> back to Provo. <laughs> Thanks, Spencer. Thanks, Jerem. Appreciate it. You got it. Beth Moans of ESPN on BYU Sports Nation. 
She's always ultra prepared. She's one of our favorite interviews on the show. Looking forward to her call on Saturday night. Yeah, she does a really nice job. And the uh, the last interview she had with us, I want to say was last year, and she had these amazing barn doors. Yes. In her that's, house. That's right. And I'm just really missing them after that. No, that, she's great. It's going to be fun Saturday. Is it like we were talking about in trending? Is it going to be a shootout? And can BYU win that game? It's an interesting uh, conversation. Okay, coming up, Shaylee Gonzalez of Women's Hoops, the blue and white scrimmages tonight. And did Mitt Romney just win Halloween? Mm. This is BYU Sports Nation. What's Tom Homo going to dress up as? This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. BYU Men's Hoops, the blue and white game tomorrow night, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Going to be a ton of fun from the Marriott Center. Dave Blaine Spencer, Tyler Haas, and I will join the program as well. Our uh, second look at this team this season. It'll be great. Let's go. Basketball season is upon us. Amazingly, he is Jeremiah Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. A reminder, you can interact with the show at any point throughout the day by following us on the social media platforms of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Let's whip it! The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Marcus Popus uh, tops the Sports Illustrated list of 10 coaches on the rise in college basketball. At what point does he stop becoming a rising star? I don't know that Mark Pope uh, would ever admit to stopping the rise because of just how he's built. Uh, But, man, back-to-back seasons, being in the top 25 and a single-digit seed last year – Maybe when BYU gets to a Sweet 16 with them, something like that? That's the answer. Yeah, if BYU wins the WCC tournament or wins two games in the NCAA tournament, then yes. Because there is a point where he crossed the threshold of, you're like an outsider looking in. You're really good, but you're not at this level. Mark Pope could be at that level, and then we stop saying, he's one of the rising stars. No, he's one of the he's stars. Star. He's just a star. Game. Yeah. A video was posted this week, Jerem, that Mark Pope would absolutely love. A young fan by the name of Mason Taylor singing the fight song in all its glory in the bathroom. Listen to this. The cougar growl at the end is the best. Yeah, that's great. How old were you when you learned the BYU fight song? I think I was 12. I remember the 96 WAC championship game singing it, and one of my kind of cousins looking at me like, you know the whole song? So I I think that was the first time. I wasn't much uh, younger than you, probably eight or nine, but I don't know that I knew all of the words. You right, know, you know right, the tune, right. you know the rah rah rah. Yeah, like I think Mason said, "Sky in the blue." You know, right? It's, it's all good. Just go matter. with it. Go just with go it. Go with it. That's but what I do at every concert. Yeah, yeah, sky in the blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah And I'm hoping no one can actually hear me. <laughs> I remember having a pen that played the fight song when I was in third grade. A so pen? I know, I know for sure that I was listening like to you it like on the click right. a yes. pen. Yes, but I got it at a football game. Why don't we have that tech now? Did the new Heisman House commercial do Cosmo wrong by casting him as a simple house cat? Which, by the way, Butch the Cougar. Nope, that's Houston's. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm okay with that. I like that Cosmo's in the commercial, right? Hey, with Clemson and Georgia, that's yes, good company. That the fact that and he's in Houston, the commercial 12, homie? is really nice. So I'm, I'm okay with the 
cast it as a simple house cat for this specific scenario because of the exposure. You know it wasn't in there? Arizona. Exactly. Washington State. You know what I'm saying? Butch, yeah, Washington State. Butch. Get out of here. Butch with a Z. <laughs> Cosmo with a Z. Come on, Washington State. Let's go. Bruce Jacobs tweeted at us the following picture. He's this a is crazy. Big fan of BYU Sports <laughs> Station. Picture of Jason Shepard hey! and Jack Nicholson is the Joker. Holy cow. Uh, Jerem, what's the most disturbing part about this? That it's similar in any way, shape, or form, Spence. <laughs> Those smile lines are amazing on Jason Shepard's face. Hey. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Someone had, someone was a Joker last night and said, which Joker am I? And I was like, the Dark Knight, dog. He's like, yeah. I was like, Easy. Absolutely. You want to see how I got these scars? So he's the younger brother of BYU's long snapper. Um, Austin. <clears throat> not, not, no. not Riggs. Uh, the other long snapper. Oh, Dang no. It. Oh, no. Dang it. We'll get the name. We're we'll going to be name. in trouble. Yes. We're going to be in trouble. Okay. Utah Senator Mitt Romney tweeted a gif of him walking out of the office as the character Ted Lasso with a believe sign. Will Tom Homo. Britton Hogan is the Britton name. Hogan. Yeah. Thank you. Britton Hogan. Will Tom Homo top Mitt Romney tomorrow with his costume? Heck yeah. Yeah. Tom Homo always brings the best costume you've ever seen. It's going to be amazing tomorrow. I cannot wait. The ten- and, and uh, you know, Biscuits with the Boss also happened with Mitt today, which is great. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. The Ted Lasso play is really fun. Very nice. Yeah, nicely done, Mitt Romney. Uh, but, yeah, Tom, like, how is Tom going to outdo what he's done before? Voldemort, he can uh, keep the doing genie. It. Like, it's always so elaborate. He's in the makeup chair for hours at a time. Yes. I can't wait to see what it is tomorrow. Hopefully in person. Looking forward to it. Coming up, in case you missed it or you want to see it again, the latest Deep Blue featuring Neil Puck. And Jerem Jordan goes one-on-one with Shaylee Gonzalez. Yeah, she's not a rising star. She's a she's, star. No, she's a star, man. BYU Women's Hoops on the rise collectively. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Bronco Bowl Saturday night. We got you covered on BYU TV with countdown to kickoff 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. Nowhere else to watch Bronco Mendenhall's pregame face on BYU TV. Well, that's a tease. It'll look something like this. <laughs> Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Well, you've had some uh, memorable facial expressions today between emulating the girl that was trying to scare you and now the Bronco so, face. It was so creepy. Holy cow. Bring the, it's kind of the same face, Jeremy. <laughs> Let's bring the energy up. Let's bring the energy up. No more, no more scary faces. Hopefully the scary face didn't come out when you uh, were talking one-on-one with one of the absolute stars for BYU women's basketball, Shaley Gonzalez. I am so excited about this team. So fun. They're great. All right. Jerem Jordan, back on studio or back at Studio B and uh, ready to go one-on-one with Shaley Gonzalez. Let's, Let's do it. Roll, roll the clip. Shaley, women's hoop season is upon us. The blue and white game is tonight, which is very exciting. The season gets underway November 9th. Uh, how's practice going? How's the preseason? I mean, we're working really hard as a team. We have been practicing. It has like felt like forever. Um, we started practicing in June. So, I mean, it's been a grind. Our team has been working really hard. And um, we're just super excited to get into the season and start games, you know, play against someone else finally. So... I'm sure you're sick of each other, but also you guys have great chemistry and this team, you know, 
won in the NCAA tournament and you lost Arizona, who went all the way to the national championship game. I'm sure that gave you some confidence of how kind of good you guys were. Mm-hmm. You bring back basically the whole team. Um, let's talk. Let's talk about what you feel like this group can do, given how good you guys were last year. Yeah, I mean, because of COVID, um, everyone got an extra year of eligibility, and um, most everyone took that opportunity to come back and play again. And I mean, that right there is just a great opportunity for us to. Um, get better all individually and as a team and to come back even stronger. Cause you know, like that last game in the NCAA tournament against U of A, um, we only lost by like, I think six points, but, and they made it all the way, like you said, to the um, championship game. Um, it just proves to us that what we can do actually, and um, how we can play against these really tough teams, you know, the PAC 12 teams, um, we have a lot of really good teams we're playing in preseason and we're just really looking forward to it. And, um, excited to have everyone back. We are going to be really tough, so super exciting. You, Paisley Harding, Sarah Hampson, uh, you know Tegan Graham, Lauren Gustin. It's going to be fun, like you talked about. So, tell us about mm-hmm. kind of what the preseason has been like, what <clears throat> the offseason uh, workouts have been like with that core group of of returning contributors, and how you guys maybe got better. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, just tons of energy, you know, right there. We're just stacked. Everyone brings something different to the table. Everyone contributes differently. Um, and I think it's super important as we go and start preseason that everyone comes ready to play. Everyone um, does their part and their role. And we're going to be super, super successful. Looking at the schedules, you mentioned, yes, a uh, tough schedule. Arizona State's on there at home, which should be fun, given you're an Arizona girl, right? And the Arizona and now Arizona mm-hmm. State connection. Uh, Florida State, West Virginia or Purdue, Utah, Oklahoma, Washington State. This thing's stacked. You guys will have an opportunity to prove how good you are. Oh, yeah, we're super excited. And I think that if we come out the gate and we win um, our whole preseason, that, that'll even put us more on top and um, we'll bring a lot more eyes to the table Um and I think our team is very capable of doing that. If everyone shows up, works hard, um, we play together as a team. And um, that's huge for us is just playing as a team and everyone doing their roles. And um, we're going to be super good. We're going to be super good is right. I'm very excited to watch it this year in person <laughs> and on BYU TV. It's going to be great. Uh, we're talking to Shayla Gonzalez, West Coast Conference Co-Player of the Year last year. Now, what what of all your stats do you feel like will be the most improved this year? They were really good, but I know you want to be even better in everything. Um, personally, I'd probably say assists. I want to up my assist game a bit more, give my um, teammates a bit more, uh, more opportunities to shoot, um, whether it's giving it to the guards or inside the post. Um, I think just um, spreading my wings more on um, the offensive end and um, being more of a playmaker. 90 assists. So you want to get what? North of 100 maybe? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. We'll help that number out. It'll be good. Okay. Lots of newcomer, newcomers. I see nine freshmen, eight of which I think are brand new to the team. <clears throat> Notably, Sarah Hampson's sister, Heather. More Hampsons? Awesome. And Alex Marcello's mm-hmm. sister, Amanda. Can you tell us about Heather and Amanda? Yeah. I mean, it's so awesome being able to see those sibling dynamics. Um, Alex on the men's team and Sarah and Heather on the women's team. Um, It's super awesome and a good experience for them to be able to have a sibling, you know, here at BYU playing a sport. I think it's awesome. I'd love to have that. Um, But yeah, they are doing awesome. We have a lot of new freshmen and they're all coming in, you know, testing the water, seeing where they fit in as a team um, individually and 
um, it's awesome to see Sarah and Heather in there together playing, and I know they love it too. So, yeah. And and let's see, Heather Heather is uh, obviously tall, uh, but she's not as tall as Sarah. She's the shortest in the family. She's she's a short six <laughs> three, which is just yes. incredible, right? Um, yeah. Okay, uh -huh. you're the you're the West Coast Conference preseason pick to win the league. Do you like being in that position? Oh yeah, for sure. I feel like definitely we have a, um, you know, everyone's gonna want to go after us. Um, I mean, that's big time being number one in your conference. Um, all the eyes are on you and everyone's just after you. Um, and it's going to be super tough for us, but we know that um, we can handle the pressure. Three Kiwis on this team. How much Kiwi culture is there on the BYU women's basketball team? <laughs> There's a lot. You know, I think it's awesome being able to have that. Um, I love having different, um, you know, the foreigners from different countries. You get to experience different things, talk about different things. Um, it just... It's really awesome having them. Kaylee and Tegan, right? Big personalities. Kaylee, incredible dancer. Tegan, like just so bubbly. They're they're amazing. If you oh, haven't yeah. watched some of the interviews okay. from Tegan, follow BYU Women's Basketball on social. They're incredible. <laughs> Speaking of your social, you recently released a line of gear. You got a logo and you got gear now, Shaylee. You're big time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so uh, let's see. Earlier this year, um, I got with a graphic designer and uh, you know, we sat down, we talked um, about different logos and he helped me find my logo um, and he was awesome. I'm super grateful for him and the help that he gave me. So we got the logo and then recently um, I've been working with a team and figuring out what type of gear I want to put out there. Um, I like to call it merch, um, but yeah, I have a website and then we got a bunch of gear up there and my logo on it. So it's super exciting, super grateful for that. I'm trying to pick out which piece of merch I want to wear because I got to rep the Shaley Gonzalez merch. I got to do it. Um, what? What? Uh, with you got to get the dad hat. That one's pretty. The sick. dad? I'm not that old yet, Shaley. Come on, man. Um, yes. Okay. The, na the <laughs> name. The name. I am a dad. I just don't want to feel old. Um, name, image, likeness. How's that going for you? Because I know uh, Smarty Street set up a deal with the, all the women's uh, teams at BYU, which is incredible. Mm -hmm. How's NIL with you? Because I felt like you were best positioned to take advantage of this, given your massive social media following and who you are. I mean, yeah, we, I mean, it's a great opportunity for us as athletes to make a profit off of our name and image and likeness. Um, we've gotten offers from, um, like, for our whole athletic department. Um, we've done deals as a team, um, and I've done deals individually on my platforms and it's just super exciting stuff. I've always like looked forward to that, um, being able to promote companies and work with companies and it's just been super fun and exciting. How do you balance the, like who I am and what my brand is and kind of what I want with sort of how BYU helps you in that and your teammates and teams and the university as a whole? Cause there's this sort of, it feels like a symbiotic relationship between those two. Yeah, I mean, BYU has done an awesome job at giving um, lots of different um, uh, opportunities for us to learn about NIL. I mean, um, they have classes, um, they talk about different things. Um, super close to Tom and Brian, they're always um, able to, I'm always able to text them about things if I have questions about NIL or things like that. Um, and I mean, our team talks about it a lot. We have people, different people coming in and talking to us about it. Um, so super grateful for BYU and giving us those opportunities um, and just like doing my own research, seeing what other athletes are doing from other colleges. Um, super fun, super exciting. Well, awesome. Get your Shaley Gonzalez merch and check out the BYU women's basketball team tonight. Blue and white scrimmage, 7 p.m. in the Marriott Center. Shaley, as always, great to talk to you.
Shaylee Gonzalez. I, so she wants we're looking to get at the we're looking hat. at the uh, stuff not, on her store. I'm not right getting now. the dad hat. I'm gonna get maybe this you know <laughs> this shirt here. But yeah, good Shayleesshop.com. That's cool. You should get the Shea T-shirt for Venna. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Coming up today's Rise and Shadow. Plus, Deep Blue with BYU junior receiver Neil Powell explores his redemption path in Provo. You don't want to miss it. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, rankings, costumes, team trips to the haunted house. It's a, really a treat of an episode. Check it out on the BYU Sports Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube account. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Great to have you with us. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. As we push on to Deep Blue, we set it up with uh, really just the starkness of a DUI and Neil Powell when his life hit rock bottom. But he credits his coaches with helping him survive and certainly now thrive. This is Deep Blue featuring Neil Powell, presented by Brady Industries Simply Better. My childhood was pretty much centered around three things. It was God, family, education, and everything else kind of fell into place. We try to make sure to push family value at home so they understand how important that is, especially in our culture. With football, it was it was a family event. I would prepare coolers of snacks and food on Friday night, gather everything, canopies, chairs, put it in the car. It, it kept us together. Understanding, you know, where I grew up, where I came from, knowing that it could be a way out in a sense, is pretty much my why for football. Some trouble in Provo tonight for a BYU football player. Spencer is here to tell us what's going on. Yeah, BYU, 10 weeks from tonight, will open the season against the University of Utah, their longtime rival in hopes of snapping an eight-game losing streak to the Utes. The Cougars do return a core of experience, but following a legal matter and statement from BYU police today, the Cougars may have to play without Neil Pau, one of the emerging wide receivers. I just remember waking up in a cell. It was cold, uh, no pillow, no, no blankets, nothing. Just waking up and being like, how the heck did I get here? I was at work, and as I was leaving, I was grabbing my bag, and then my phone just kept going and going, going off. And I sat back down, and I'm looking at it. It was the story about Neil DUI blowing up. I sat down, and I tried to gather myself. And in my head, I just said, Heavenly Father, calm me down. And the message I got was, call your son and tell him you love him. It was so important to let Neil know that it, that we don't care about it, that we love him and care for him and, and everything. It, it doesn't affect us at, at all, that he knows that we're behind him 100% on, on, on everything. Everyone else was going off on him. He just needed somebody behind him. And he took care of it. He never worried us. He said, Mom, I got it handled. I'll take care of it. I am proud of him for stepping up and being a man and handling his business like a man and, and doing it all on his own. I think because of that, he knew his potential of what he can do. I've had those. I know other guys have had those moments in your life where you, you get knocked down and you only have one decision to make, and that's to get up. Because if you don't, you'll never see the light of day again. And that was, that was one of those moments for Neil. You know, we always preach to the players that, you need this team more than we need you. And I think Neil really learned from that experience how 
much he needed to be a part of this team, to be a part of this program. Soon after that happened, I took him to a Mothers Against Drunk Driving session. And um, I think it was a really cool moment for him to learn, but to, to realize other people's stories and to see how important it was for him to make really, really good decisions. And then um, to also give him a goal of a goal of what could be better, right? He's taken it and just ran with it. He's he's one of our best leaders on our team. I am so grateful for Kalani for taking a chance on Neil. When Neil had his DUI, I texted him and I said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for everything that's happened. And he said to Bo, I'm gonna do everything I can to keep Neil with us. Anything that he needs, I will be here. And he never broke his promise. He was there for Neil the whole time. And I'm glad because, you know, people were saying, oh, leave, go to Utah, go to blah, blah, blah. But Neil didn't. He was committed to BYU because his coach had his back. Sometimes we can fail to humanize these guys. And we look at them as ways out for us, as just guys who are going to make us look good. And it was a lesson that that that's not what it's about. It's about helping these guys, it's about being their friend, praising them when they're doing great, getting on them when they need to be picked up. We always talk about the Lord, first family, education. I felt like it has make our family better. And if I had to tell Neil something, stay focused on it. I felt like we have survived because of it, because we stay focused on those four things. And just to let Neil know, I, I, I love him 24 hours. We'd love to see it. Neil Pau doing great things for BYU football now. His redemption path has been awesome. Good to see him bounce back because that was a tough day, right? But uh, he has. And that phone call from his mom, super powerful moment, right? It's awesome. All right. On to our Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort asking about a potential shootout between Virginia and BYU. Can Cougars survive? At CL underscore Living says, hmm, Brennan Armstrong is a pretty imposing name for an opposing quarterback, but it's also nice to have a quarterback named Jerun who can use his legs. I think BYU runs away from a shootout. That's pretty good. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Trunk or Traders, that was a really fun time. Thanks for coming out to everybody. A great event. Our thanks to today's guests, Beth Mullins and Shaylee Gonzalez. Sorry to Dennis, no time, bro. For Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to Butch Powell. We'll see you tonight on the app for BYU Women's Volleyball, number 17 in the country. Jerem Jordan on the call. Go Cougs. Let's go!